The ashes of 2023 are in full swing and the likes of Josh Hazelwood are pounding the English unmercifully. It is another Josh who recently also pounded the English with his thunderbolts that is our guest on this episode of Out on the Paddock. Dampier and WA Country Cricket's very own Josh, young gun Josh Vernon, is our very special guest. Josh Vernon's is a name that is very much on everyone's lips in regional WA cricket and is bringing excitement as well as a revelation of what hard work combined with raw talent in regional cricket can produce. This is a ripping episode that I strongly encourage you to put the headphones on or Bluetooth to your car to listen to as we hear from a very mature and level-headed young man who has so many highlights and things to call out that are already an inspiration to his generation of cricketers coming through the regional WA cricket pathways. To add to the voice of what is a powerful new wave of WA country cricket players coming through at the moment, for the first time in this podcast, we will be introducing a co-host to the show. Hang in there, all will be revealed shortly. My name is Rob Marshall and I encourage you to sit back and enjoy the short but powerful journey in cricket so far of Josh Vernon. Absolutely super thrilled to have one of the hottest properties in WA country cricket joining us today on Out on the Paddock. He's a a young man going places in cricket and we're absolutely thrilled that he represents WA country cricket in in a major way every time he rolls out. Josh Vernon, great to have you on Out on the Paddock, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. Um, good to be here. Yeah, we're really, really thrilled that you've uh, decided to join us. And, mate, we're going to go in a direction we've never been with on out on the paddock before, and that is we're going to have two hosts today. So instead of it just being my voice all the time, which people will probably get sick of from time to time, um, we've got... Uh, and he was uh, uh, definitely a fan favourite in a previous episode of Out on the Paddock. We've got Cooper Clark Deering joining us today, who's going to help co-host today's uh, episode of Out on the Paddock. So good to have you joining us again, Coop. Yeah, cheers, Rob. So we came to co-host with Josh. So yeah, yeah, get some get some younger voice on the show. I'm sure everyone's sick of the old <laughs> bloke all the time. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see how this rolls. We've never done this before, so always uh, pretty keen to experiment a few things on on Out on the Paddock. So, Josh, maybe to kick off with, mate, uh, where where do we find you? Obviously, the listeners can't see you, but we can. Where, where are you currently? Where's uh, where's home just at the moment? And then we'll dig a bit deeper into where it has been. Yeah, so uh, home at the moment is um, I'm staying at college, so I'm a uni student uh, here at UWA. Um, I'm fortunate enough to stay at a college just across the road, so I've got a little room there, um, which is nice because obviously – it's like four minutes to all my lectures and labs and then only 15 into the Wacker, so it's pretty central and close to everything. It works pretty well. And and you're studying? What are you studying at, at the uni at the moment? Um, studying exercise physiology and sports science. So shock horror, it fits in pretty well with, uh, with cricket. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like learning how the body works and everything sport-based is, yeah, interesting and obviously helps me out with my cricket heaps. So, so, so is this something that? you'd sort of hit on, you know, because of cricket or is this something you've been thinking about doing even, you know, for a while now? How, how did that How did that evolve? Um, I think I've always just had a, a really deep passion for sport 
you know, any sport, whether it's footy, cricket or anything. Um, and I've always just, it's been my main sort of interest. I think um, if it wasn't for cricket, if it, did, if it wasn't such a big part of my life, I think I probably would have worked a bit harder at school and gone straight into physio. But my plan is either finish this course pending on how cricket goes in the next few years or in two years I'll have enough units to jump over to physio. So that's the plan if, if cricket doesn't work out until then. So we've got, yeah, we've got a fair bit to unpack with your cricket and exactly uh, what's happened and where it's going and all that sort of stuff, which uh, Coop, I, I reckon, is, is absolutely busting to jump into pretty soon. Um, maybe just to, to help the listeners understand a bit, um, you know, there's plenty of us in WA Country Cricket right now hearing the name Josh Vernon and it's starting to, you know, be on everybody's lips. Can you give us a little bit of background? Where, where did it all start for, for Josh Vernon with cricket? Um, it started, well, I mean, properly started playing Milo into cricket. I think it's called something different now. Um, that on reflection seems like a very long time ago. Uh, I think I was four, maybe. Um, I was, I'm a May baby. So I was one of the youngest, um, to, to get started at that or just playing cricket in the backyard with my old man. Um, like most kids in Australia, Cricket in the summer, uh, in the winter it was footy, um, so always balancing the two and then made the decision um, probably three years ago now to to start to pursue cricket a bit more after I sort of played junior cricket uh, in Dampier and a bit of senior stuff in the Caratha League and obviously played a bit with Coops in a lot of the country um, pathway stuff. So I think it properly started to take off probably about three three years ago. I think three or four years ago. Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, then you played seniors when you were pretty young. What was that feeling like? Um, yeah, definitely a good thing. I think, especially the, the the type of cricket up home is not what you'd uh, expect of the typical first grade. It's very different to first grade cricket in somewhere like Bunbury or Albany or Jero. Like, um, it's definitely a work in progress. It, it has its perks. Um, playing with a, a two-piece white ball under lights, whether that's a one-day or a, a T20 uh, on Astro as well, there's definitely different crafts you've got to hone. I think uh, being able to control a swinging ball and swing a ball uh, is probably the most important because if you can't do either of them, then you're either bowling a sundry every second ball or the hard two-piece just flies around um, off the bat. So... It's like it's like cricket anywhere, each their own. Like you've you've got different things you need to sort out within your game um, and everything around it. But senior cricket definitely helped me shape um, shape my own stuff personally. Even though when I was working towards stuff in Perth, I think having a better level of cricket up home than the juniors is is definitely really important uh, for my development. From the point of view of you've mentioned about playing in Dampier in particular, is there a particular club that you're sort of associated with there or is it the Dampier Cricket Club? Or? So through juniors, uh, I played for the Dampier Redbacks. It's sort of like you just got thrown in with all the other kids and then they'd pick each team, like the committee would pick each team. And then I started off uh, playing for the Dampier Taverners in Dampier, which is a three-minute bike ride from my house down the footy oval. Um, and then after two years, I went and played for Pegs Creek Crabs, when now the Bulls, uh, Ian Carratha. I know Crabs, who would have thought? Horrible name for a cricket team. <laughs> so we've changed that now. Um, and I played with them for two years. 
for the, so the back half of, of my life up home. And from your point of view, you mentioned about dad. So dad's Paul, is it? Is that your dad's yeah. name? Paul and your mum's name's Holly, is yeah. from what I can gather. Um, so, yeah, did, was dad playing? Have you got, got got the chance to play with dad or are you not really in, into playing cricket? No, he definitely was into playing cricket. Um, but dad played a lot of country footy growing up. So he's from Querreting out near Northern. Oh, yeah. Um, played a lot of country footy there, a lot of country footy in Tom Price and just had knackered shoulders, I think was the biggest thing, uh, and a few knee knee issues. Um, and then he unfortunately had to, had to stop playing a bit and then went to um, Ironman triathlons just before my cricket sort of started to get going at, at senior level, um, which again was a, a massive commitment for him and it was great to watch him growing up do something that he loved that was really, really tough for him and showed me a bit of grit and taught me grit, I think, was a big thing. Um, right. And, yeah, that that just cooked his body, unfortunately. He <laughs> loves cricket, loves playing cricket in the backyard or footy in the backyard with us, but, unfortunately, just his body, his mind was there, but his body wasn't there, I don't think. I, I'm hearing you, Paul. I'm hearing you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know that story. I know that journey all too well at the moment. So, uh, yep, over to you. Yeah, so do you have any um, siblings or just playing cricket in the backyard with dad? Yep, I've got two siblings. I've got a younger brother. He is 11 um, and a younger sister. She's 15. Um, the younger brother I play a lot of backyard cricket with and he's obviously 11 years six. He's quite small as a person but he's also small for his age. So I got, got used to just bowling bumpers at him accidentally all day. <laughs> all day on a concrete wicket out the back um, with a tape ball. But he loves it. And then Eva's also my sister. She's into cricket. Um, she's played a bit of junior country 11 stuff. She played two games a couple years ago um, for I think the under 14. So she plays a fair bit of cricket as well um, over the last sort of four years. So, yeah, we're definitely a cricketing family. We all love it. We all watch it together and have really enjoyed it. Maybe um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your junior country week journey as well? I know uh, you know I got to see you in action a few years ago playing with the uh, the Northwest team. Um, I think that's who you were playing with at the time, from memory. Yeah, Is that right? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was West West Pilbara. West Pilbara, yeah, yeah. Yes. Might have changed, yeah. Sorry, yes, West Pilbara. Um, they you had a pretty strong team just quietly and. Uh, uh, you played against Wellington out at um, RA Cook Reserve, I think it was, and I don't know if it was you or one of one of your teammates took a hat trick, which included my son Justin. Yeah, being the just hat-trick so ball. I yeah. remember that vividly. Yeah, it was Michael Durack. <laughs> I was standing at third slip actually. I caught the ball after it hit off stump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he reckons he played for a leg stump line, but uh, yeah, took top of off. So he clearly yeah. didn't pick that one up too well. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yeah your journey with with Junior Country Week um, and how that went? And then I'll, I'm going to pass over to Coots. Maybe describe to us as listen or not to us, but to the listeners, what sort of bowler you see yourself as, and how did that develop? And then I'm going to chuck to Coops because I'm going to ask Coops, you faced uh, Josh a few times over the journey. Maybe you can describe for us what it's like facing Josh. Yeah, so growing up uh, in the Aussie Outback with your mates, you typically just want to bowl as quick as possible. Um, <laughs> it's it's the funnest part of cricket, I think, when they're coming out well and you've got a, a an unfriendly wicket. Um it's, it's a lot of fun um, and playing on the Astra up home, it just zipped around. So that was always 
what I had done from a young age was just try and bowl quick because I thought it was the most fun thing to do was just hurt yourself essentially and just try and bowl as quick as possible. So that was my ro- that's always been my role really. I used to bat a little bit. I'd like to say I can bat now, but I can't. Um, so my first junior country week, I think, I came into it quite a bit late. A lot of the other boys had played probably a year or two before I played. And I started the last year of under-14s, which is when um, the country cricket board really sort of started to take kids in and have a look at them. And we had a few carnivals and stuff um, after the, the first year of, oh, sorry, the last year of under-14s, my first year. And, yeah, back then it was just the same thing. You'd spend your whole season pretty much looking forward to playing junior country week because you had a whole week with your mates. You'd play good cricket. It was just really, really fun. Honestly, looking back at well, my, my short sort of career so far, I think that you know, I've been able to do longer trips, you know, play international teams and play for WA a few times. I still think that my favourite ever trip was that that junior country week, the first junior country week I had. And it's the same. I've got my baggy, my um, West Pilbara baggy on my hat rack up here. And I still think that I've got, uh, well, it's only junior cricket, but I've got a, a baggy green and a baggy yellow for WA. I still think that that junior country week side is my favourite baggy because it just, it shows where it all starts. And that's where my journey sort of started was at junior country week. Um, played, I don't think I ever played Dero because our side was not good enough to be in A grade, or I think we were one year, a couple of years later in under 16s, but unfortunately we didn't play zero. But we played some great, great cricketers. Um, obviously, yeah, there was just over Wellington. I think we had Tyne Dodds. I played him. Um, I missed out on the Corey Wosley year. <laughs> Probably for, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just going to say that, that you want to be glad about that one. <laughs> so I played plenty of cricket with Woz and it doesn't end up good many times. Um, but, yeah, some great cricketers and, and great friends that I'll remember forever, really, from junior country weeks. Well, oh, before Coops jumps in and gives uh, his his explanation of how he uh, how he went uh, facing you send down your rockets, um, I just re- you were just mentioning Corey Wosley. I think I it must have been the next year maybe, but uh, Wellington went and played Peel down at uh, um, Rockingham somewhere, I think it was, and uh, I said to, said to Justin, look, I reckon you've got one chance of getting Corey Wosley out and that's first ball, otherwise it's history. So we hatched a plan. I said, you're going to have to bounce him. You've got to bounce him first ball. You've got to have three men back with a square, or not back with a square, but sort of on the onside. And um, he will either go for the bait or he won't. And anyway, so he came in, bowled the perfect bouncer, was uh, accommodated it beautifully, hit it straight up in the air and it landed right in the middle of all three fields. <laughs> and that was it. 140 runs later, we finally got him out, I reckon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a jet. He's I've watched some scary stuff from him. Yeah, he, he is something special. Coops, how do you how do you go facing this man? Oh, it was certainly tough when, you know, I was 14 years old and Josh is steaming in off about – Twelve meters past the boundary line, coming ball bumpers <laughs> on my head, but nah, um, I got a good, had a good day against him once at Grammar, so I always hold that highly against him. Yeah, I remember that. I think three or four, three or four boundaries in and over, and they were all off the back foot. I remember <laughs> Dad said it to me. We were watching yeah at the cause the two wickets at um, Bunbury Grammar, a carnival that we'd played together. Um, 
I think the second or third carnival that me and Coops had played together in, um, there was a, an Astro wicket on the bottom oval and a turf on the top. Um, and it was it was playing a few games just short of a length and one end was a, a little bit green, a little bit rolly. Um, and it, short of a length, it was just anything short of that was was pretty flat. And I just dished up, yeah, dished up some pies and coops. Yeah, absolutely sent me, I remember, vividly. Yeah, the first one was just above hip high and they hit that one for four and then you got a bit angry and <laughs> a bit shorter, a bit quicker. Yeah. And then, yeah, a couple more and I think you had a spell after that. Yeah, I say made me maybe look uh, very slow and average, but well played. I say. <laughs> did you did you find having grown up in in Dampier and the surrounds with the hard hard wickets and probably not a lot of opportunity to play on turf initially? Did you find the adjustment to turf difficult when you first started to play? You know, junior country week on a lot of turf wickets and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think. Like good and bad things, obviously better on knees and ankles and um, your footing's a lot better than on Astro. I slide a fair bit, especially up home where it's like 85% humidity and 40 degrees, Mm. like you just slide everywhere. Mm. But then I don't think it was so much lengths um, or the the pitch itself. I think it was more switching from a two-piece ball to a four-piece ball. Yeah, I used to bowl a lot. Um, my miss was down leg or at the pads because I'm just used to my Audi just going a mile. Um, so you'd start him down leg if you wanted to hit top of off pretty much up yeah. home. So I, I used to struggle with that quite a bit. Yeah, um, so most fast bowlers, you know, have stress fractures in the back. Have you had any major setbacks yet as in your career? Um, yeah. Again, because of the distance from Perth, we actually don't have an MRI machine in our hospital up home. Um, and that was the way, I mean, everyone down here would get a scan at the start of the year um, to just suss out the back and see how their body was holding up. Um, I didn't get that, unfortunately. And I had this one season, um, my second year of playing senior cricket, uh, the year after state under 15, so I was 15 turning 16. Um, you had a season where it was it was really rough. Um didn't do anything about it, saw the physio, but I was playing through quite a bit of pain. I remember coming off in a T20 grand final. Um, I bowled two overs, but it was actually three because I bowled 600 in there, of course. Um, and I just I couldn't run, so I came off. My back was spasming. And I laid down next to Dad and I was like, no, nah, this is really not good. Like, I'm in quite a bit of pain. I, it took me five or six overs just to stand up again. I remember it took me about 15 minutes to stand back up. Um, yeah, that was about as bad as it got. And it sounded pretty similar to what I've, a lot of the other boys were sort of going through at that age, um, especially when the bones are pretty soft and there's a lot of load going through them, I've found. Um, and then the start of the next season, I had a scan and the people from the clinic said, we think he's got stresses. Like you could see the cracks in my lumbar region in some of the bones. And then there wasn't a hot spot, which apparently comes up every time you've got a stressy. So the Wacker doctor um, and physios were saying, no, we don't think it is, and it went back and forth for a bit. Um, and I just decided to take it as no stresses so I didn't have a, a blanket six months off really. Um, and since then, hasn't been too bad. I've got some disc problems, but for the most part I've been really lucky and I've grown out of it in a pretty unstable time for most. So, yeah, really lucky. I haven't had too many problems with my back just yet. 
so now you've got the you know the ability to tap into some of the high performance coaches and that at the Wacker, and we'll get to that uh, that part of the story a bit more in a moment. But now that you've got access to those sort of guys, are they sort of talking to you about that sort of thing and and giving you some suggestions on what you should or shouldn't be doing? Yeah, heaps. It's really really strict. Um, if they say you've got you can only bowl five overs today at 50 or 40% then that's all you've got. Um, you've got to put your loads in every day, your wellness in. Um, the Triple SM team are really good. They they do work with you um, and if sometimes they'll go, if you saw back it off, if you think you've got a couple more in you, then feel free. You've got the space in your loads to do that a bit more um, and they work really close with the boys, which is good obviously because you want to keep everyone on the park where possible. Um, but it, for the most part, it's just just smashing the gym. Um, it was the same up home for the, the last few years. You've got to smash the gym and be be really fit um, as well as your nutrition. So before a, a long camp, um, I'll sit down with Beth, who's our dietitian at the WACA, um, and just make sure that I'm, I'm getting enough iron, enough calcium in and stuff to help your whole body, but particularly your, your bones and bone density. But for sure, having those people there to help out or just ask questions is definitely going to yeah change how my body works and how fit I can keep my body. Would you have any advice, Josh? I know I've talked to a few of the, those coaches that you've just, you know, well, you didn't mention anybody by name, but some of those guys I've got to know through, you know, various roles and even a little bit of coaching that Justin's done. Um, have you got any advice for you know, country clubs out there and you've played at, you know, a couple of um, pretty awesome ones already in your career leading to where you are now who, you know, kind of expect the young guy who's a quick bowler to come to training and bowl for, you know, two hours flat out, you know, while they bat, stuff like that. Got any sort of advice for those guys? Yeah. Um, I mean, you just got to understand everyone. everyone's pain threshold's different. Um, so I think... Growing up, I never really had to bowl as much because you play all of all of my junior cricket was just T Twenty cricket, and then the few years I had, oh, I had one year, maybe two years where I had I played both juniors and seniors, and that was still you'd play T Twenty game on a Friday night, and then on a Saturday night you'd play either a one day or a T Twenty, um, and I never had to bowl that many loads, considering that a lot of the kids down here would play their junior cricket, maybe a little bit of senior club cricket um, through, you know, district or grade cricket plus school. Um, I know there's a bit of that um, in Bunbury or especially Dola. Um, I never had to bowl as much as a lot of the Perth kids and I think seeing that now I I haven't had bad stresses and a lot yeah. of those boys have. Yep. So I think just, just understand, like, if you want to keep your kids on the park for a long time, and if you want them to want to keep coming back to training, absolutely don't don't push them too hard. Great advice, mate. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, um, you debuted in your first grade in Wacker cricket this season, just gone against Wanneroo. You made a debut and you took three for thirty-eight off just over eight overs. So, what was that like? Yeah, really good. Um, having the the people around me at Midland. So, I've got um, our bowling coach Joe Andrew. I've worked with for four years now and he's been absolutely instrumental to my um, cricket in in every facet. Um, 
mental, bowling, batting, fielding, everything. Like he's been really, really good. So it was great to have him there and talk through my plans and stuff with him. But also having um, the bowling group that we've got, um, Jay, Nick, Candy, like a lot of the boys have played a lot of cricket. Obviously Josh Nicholas played some professional cricket as well as Moods um, this last season, Dave Moody we had. Um, it's just been a great place to play cricket and debut especially because they're really, really good lads. Like they were let me in, obviously being up home, I didn't get to train with them as much as I wanted or play as much grade cricket and work my way up through the ranks that I sort of preferred because I always came into the club thinking, you know, I don't want to just take someone's spot for a week. Like that's, that would be horrible if I was on the receiving end of that. Um, but all the boys were, were really good um, and playing against Wanderoo had some great players and it was a great game as well. Um, I think last partnership might have chased down 40 runs or something after I made a golden duck in my <laughs> A-grade debut um, <laughs> and left it to poor Candy. Um, but, no, it, it was really good. And seeing the the difference between first-grade premier cricket and first-grade up home is massive and I, I really enjoy playing cricket at that level. Yeah, you must have been going right to get a game over, you know, Candy and Nicholas and Moods, like you said. Uh, I did leave that out, the fact that you got a duck for a reason. Yeah. But, you know, you want to bring it up. So Very uh, very polite of you there, uh, Coops. But this, yeah. is a hard, this is a hard-hitting podcast. <laughs> Just call it out, mate. So go hard. Go hard. Keep going, mate. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, so um, this season, just gone, you also made the State 19s team and went on tour, took eight wickets at just over 20. What was that like? What was the tour like? Yeah, that was a great tour. Um, being an underager, there was a couple of boys I hadn't hadn't met, um, but that WA group was really good. We bonded really well and we definitely thought we should have taken it the whole way. Um, I still have nightmares about that one game against, uh, I think it was Vic, yeah, Vic Country, um, where their last... Last partnership, it was their number nine and 11 put on something stupid like 80 runs in <laughs> maybe eight overs or something. I, I don't know how it happened, honestly. I don't know how it happened. Um, but that week could have been a lot better than what it was, but we still took a lot out of it. Um, and the boys were great, especially playing under Teague. Um, obviously got a plethora of knowledge, played shield cricket, played a World Cup already, um, represented his country just being able to pick his brain at the end of the day and see his professionalism and how he goes about it, um, it was was amazing and definitely sort of helped my lead up into that, I guess, aspect of, of my career. But I've played I played state fifteens. Um, I played a really bad carnival in Ballarat and I had a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of bad taste about national carnival. So I really wanted to redeem myself after missing the seventeens because of COVID that got shut down. Um so yeah, I thought in reflection it was it was a good camp and considering we were playing on really flat wickets um most of the week, I thought that our bowling group did did quite well to do how we did and give our team a good chance most times to chase down the total. After that um opportunity you had as in the fifteens where you're sort of thinking maybe you'd blown it and you know, you weren't gonna get another opportunity. Did you sort of have a few doubts after that perhaps? Yeah, absolutely did. Um, I playing um, the Guildford Grammar like selection carnival before that that tour. I played with with Coops, um, some other blokes like 
Colton Tolstra, who's I was playing at Subi now, playing AFL, uh, Nick Willow, Tyler King, a lot of those country cricketers. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think that I was the best in that team at all. I thought I wasn't really sure how I'd made it to that sort of country 11 side. And then to get named in the WA squad, I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely felt out of place. Um, that's for sure. And then I think I led into the led into the carnival like that. Like the boys were great, the coaches were great, but I hadn't played that level of cricket before. And I think it definitely showed in, in my game. I was just really, really raw. And off the back back end of that, I took two wickets in four games. I went at about thirty five or man, more would have been about forty five, I reckon, or fifty. Um, yeah, definitely thought that that could be it, especially because there's not too much after that in the regional pathways. You've got like your yeah, Invitational 11 if you make it that far and then country cults and stuff. Um, but I, I definitely thought I'd blown it. But I think once you're in the system with WA Cricket, they'll always have an eye out to look at how you're going and stuff yeah. like that. But I yeah, absolutely thought it was was done. And I think that's a really good call out that anybody who does get the opportunity and, and you do have maybe a, a bad carnival. I mean, look at international cricketers. They can have a pretty, you know, ordinary tour or whatever, but there's still opportunity. You know, we're seeing Usman Khawaja right now smashing the, the English around in a test match. I think that's great encouragement for everybody not to give up. You could have obviously taken the route and gone, you know, I've blown it, I've stuffed it, that's it, I'm I'm out of here, but you didn't. And um, and I think it's a good, great call out that you're saying that, you know, your experience so far of the guys at WA Cricket is they obviously got around you and, and said, right, you know, let's uh, let's focus on the next event or whatever. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joe Joe Angel, you mentioned him. He's a former guest on on Out on the Paddock, obviously a legendary Australian cricketer, you know, done it all. Uh, one of my favourite cricketers of all time, just an all-round good bloke and doesn't mind a don't mind smashing out a big uh, steak or two at the uh, the pub on a Saturday night just quietly. But um, what, yeah, what sort of influences he had on you, and um, what what sort of things specifically has he taught you that you value the most? Um, for me, my my biggest problem um, in my cricket journey, I guess, has been the lack of coaching availability, being so far from Perth. But Joe pretty much turned that on its head for me. He's FIFO out of Wickham, a country, uh, a, yeah, country town, 40 minutes from where I am. Um, and Dad works at Rio as well and he heard wind of there's um, an ex-Australian cricketer that works at Rio and he's doing a bit of coaching around the place. So Dad found his email somehow and, yeah, flicked him an email and um, Joe was happy to do it. And, yeah, since then it's been every time he's up, so every three weeks pretty much I'll do uh, a couple sessions with him um, in season or pre-season. And, yeah, it has been amazing. Obviously I don't think don't think there's many more people, especially in, in WA cricket, that have played as much high-level like high, high cricket um, as he has. He's taken 480-odd first-class wickets uh, you know, played international cricket, played in Ashes. He's got, well, he's telling me last night, I actually went out for dinner with him. Um, he's got Brian Lara, I think, three times. He's got Sachin um, in his back pocket. Like, he's, he's played a <laughs> lot of cricket um, and a really, really humble guy as well. You have to drag that stuff out of him. Um, but I think the biggest thing he's taught me is the kiss theory, just 
keep it simple, stupid. That's that's the best thing that I've done. I used to overthink my career so much, but if you just take it back to basics, I think, which he taught me really well, like at the end of the day, you're bowling a little red or little white ball at a batsman who's probably going to hit it. Most times it's going to hit the bat and you do what you do. From there, it just happens, you know. There's some pretty lazy wickets there, Satch and Brian Lara, yeah, you know, yeah. just a few blokes rolling around in country cricket maybe, you know. So I got Coops' dad out once. I don't <laughs> know if I mentioned that before, but uh, it was only once. I only played him about 422 times, but I got him out once, so it was pretty handy. Probably yeah. Yeah, it's all that matters. Yeah, it's, you only remember those sort of wickets. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, Josh, um, I'll get Coops to sort of unpack a bit of what happened next in a moment. But just before we get off the the the, the route that you got to playing in the 15s in particular, um, there's a lot of kids out there right now who are probably aspiring to 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 make some pathways in country cricket. Did you feel as though there were some good pathways initially for you to come through with country cricket? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sort of like I said before, I think we played Junior Country Week and then had a carnival in Northern at Muresk that Coops was there and then we went to, yeah, Bunbury, Bunbury Grammar next and then to the state selection. I still think that those three or four camps are my, my favourite ever um, and just – seeing the other boys that are going through the the pathway at the same time and watching everyone develop and seeing the opportunities that we were given um, is really, really special. I think I'm a long way away. It's a 16 and a half hour drive where I'm, where I'm from and there's no one there. All the grounds are horrific. It's either a swamp because they have to pump that much water into them or it's all red dirt. Um, but every year the whacker will still come up a few times or WA Country Creek would still come up a few times to get everyone sorted or um, whenever I was down, they would do whatever they could to get me in high-performance programs. So I think I came into the Wacker first when I was probably 14 or 15 and was bowling it. I think back then it was, well, Sam Whiteman, obviously, Colts boy, um, Jake Carter, people like that. And that was all sort of at the hands of uh, Andrew Hayes, uh, uh, Flip as well. Steve Philippi and, and Yob um, that made that possible for me. Um, and ever since then, there's been all th- all those camps, but there's also been like batting camps that you do at the Wacker or so much opportunity now for kids to really thrive, especially looking back to when I started. It, it's changed a lot since then and all for the good luck. Only this season, um, I'm, also, I'm not allowed to, not sure if I'm allowed. To, I should be fine to say um, that there there used to be only one sort of head of junior high performance cricket, um, and now we've been we've had a split, so there's two. Um, now that we've got one just for WA Country Cricket and one for Metros, again, like we're going in leaps and bounds now, which is really good for the the kids. Yeah, and you must have been rewarded with that, well, because you know after the state nineteen, you got. Um, asked to play in the Aussie under-19s, few test matches against England. Uh, you bowled a right, you got 17 wickets at an average 31 with the bat too. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, um, yeah, I guess same as before. Like I thought I was really fighting for WA selection. Um, and I got a call last October, I think. Yeah, September, October um, from David Fitzgerald, our high-performance um, guru at the Wacker and said, look, mate, at the moment you're 
a standby for a camp. Um, you're an extended squad of, of 43 players um, for the Junior Ashes, uh, under-19 Ashes, um, against England in Feb, which is this this last Feb that's just gone. Um, and, yeah, at the time, like, I thought that that was amazing. I, I knew at that stage I wasn't going to go to the camp because I was just um, on standby um, and I thought, you know, this is amazing. I did not think I was ever going to get that far, really. Um, and then three days later, I was at school and he called me again and said, nah, we've had an injury. I think you're in. Um, and yeah, I was ecstatic. Like it was all a bit of a blur until I got there um, and meeting all the boys. We had um, Tilan Samarawira as our batting coach. Obviously, used to play a lot with Kumar Sangakara. He's got like four double tons, but you wouldn't know it because he's so quiet. Um, but Clint McKay was our bowling coach. Like all of a sudden you're seeing these legends of the sport and you're working with them. You're staying, you know, you go out for dinner with them every night at the hotel, um, stuff like that. It was really a, a change of scene for me um, and took me a little while to catch up, if I'm being honest. But that camp specifically definitely changed my perspective of cricket. Um, before it was, you know, you'd go to school. Uh, my studies always came first and then I'd play cricket after school or go down to Perth if I really needed to for cricket. Um, and that sort of changed it for me. I think that's where it sort of clicked that I could actually make make something out of this. Um, so went away after the camp. I had a pretty good camp. Um, I think we played two practice games. I took three for not too many in the first and then five for 60 or no, sorry, five for 38 in the second, which was my first five for ever actually. Um, as a 17 year old, I thought that was a bit strange. I'd never taken a five for before until wow. then. Huh. Um, but, and then came back and played Aussie champs and then was fortunate enough to make the travel team. And then, yeah, we, we met England in Brisbane in Feb. We had, Two four days, three ODIs and a T20. Um, you obviously played the the first, I guess, test or four day, um, and it was a horrible game to be a part of. Considering that we came within, I think, fourteen runs, and I ran myself out to lose the game <laughs> after batting for three and a half hours. Um, and the bowling innings as well, like. I've had a lot of people sort of say this to me. You, you look at the figures from that second innings, I think I took four for 40 or something like that. Um, generally, those wickets, I all off short balls and I did not mean to bowl one of them. I think I had the proper yips that, that game. Um, I opened the bowling. I took the second over from the downwind end um, at Allen Borderfield, so Queensland's equivalent whacker, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, just just got the yips major. Um, I was sliding everywhere on the crease. It was a new wicket. It was fairly soft. Um, and, yeah, just, just could not get the ball out at all and then came back for that second innings and it was it was much of the same, I think. I'd never felt nerves like that before, especially when I'm bowling. Being a bowler, you're always theoretically in control of the game. Like the batsman can only respond to what you deliver to them. Um, so I've never really been nervous bowling. But, yeah, standing at the top of my mark, um, having just, yeah, handed my, my new bag of green to the umpire and had my Australian colours on, I was, yeah, very, very scared. Um, but turned it around and I actually cut my foot um, in the pool of the hotel um, the night after that that first test on the water filter, actually. I was just, 
oh, running no. in the pool and step straight through it and about to get glued up. So I missed I missed three games for that because um, it was on my left foot and right where I plant my foot. There was one right along the bottom of my foot and run on the outside like on my fifth toe, um, which was – it sounds like nothing. It was pretty gnarly actually. So, yeah, missed three games for that and then – Finally got the all clear by the doctor come in for that ODI and got lucky and then the T20 we were done. And that month and a half went really quickly. Um, like when you're there, it's long, you train every day or you play. But I really, really cherished that trip and it, it's changed my cricket journey completely. So so when you say it's changed your journey completely, where is the journey now? Where are we? What's, um, what's happening next? And I'll, I'll just throw in before you... You respond to that. Uh, if you're ever going to take a five for, I reckon you probably picked the right moment to take a five for just <laughs> quietly. But uh, um, what what's next? What what's uh, what's on the radar for you next, Josh? So um, fortunate enough this year to be picked up by the Wacker. I got offered a rookie. So for the last sort of month and a half, I've started preseason. I've been training with all of the boys um, in prep for a return series to England. Uh, we leave the 10th of August or considered selection um, and then play out the, the regular season here um, and then a World Cup, an under-19s World Cup in Sri Lanka in January mm. is what I've sort of got coming up in this next season. Have you had a look at uh, what the wickets are likely to be in Sri Lanka? Have you sort of had a chat about that at all with anyone? Um, not too much. I think I had a, a chat to some of the boys from the Wacker about what it would be like. I think you can. Ex- it's just going to be what Sri Lanka will be like. It'll be a bit up and down, but pretty flat for the quicks. We just yeah. sent over um, our keepers, batters, and spinners from the Aussie side to go get some prep done. I think they're over next week or maybe middle of this week they leave for a week and a half to get some prep done because obviously it's more important for them with the, the turning conditions. But as a quick, I think you just got to battle away. That was one of the things Joe said last night actually was he reckons it's the hottest place he's ever played cricket. He mm. was 40 degrees and 85% humidity and it was just sweating bullets. You should be right at home being a boy from Dampier. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> You'll be the only one not complaining, I reckon. Yeah, you have a long sleeve on, the sweater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Josh, uh, t- really tough question, mate. Really, really tough question. But we're, we're as we go to to air with this particular podcast, where the the ashes are underway in England, you know, we're all sitting back watching what's unfolding there. Do you dare to dream? Absolutely. Why not? Um, yeah, I think three or four years ago, uh, probably would have kicked myself if I'd said I've would have already represented my country and. Being a professional cricketer now, um, so yeah, why not? I think it's a long road ahead, um, and I've got a lot of development left in me still. It's definitely not going to come quickly, but why not? Yeah, good on you, mate. I think um, if you don't have dreams, you really got nothing. Um, that, well, and I say that in the right sense. Hopefully, you know, whether it's in business, whether it's in study, whether it's in sport, you've got a you've got a dream and. 
dream hard, I reckon. Um, I know <laughs> this is going to really show my age. I can remember the Ashes in 1981 when a famous test match was played. Ian Botham scored 140-odd to beat Australia almost by himself when no one said it, you know, they could win. Dennis Lilly and some of the old blokes will remember this. Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh had a little wager on the side because Australia was 500, 500 to 1 to, to uh, win the match and so they had a little quiet one on England um, and England ended up winning. I can remember I was 14 at the time and I just thought, how good would it be? Now, obviously, it didn't turn out for me, um, but certainly that was inspiring to me and I would hope that anybody, you know, watching international cricket would be wanting to try and get there if they can. And for you, Josh, obviously, it's uh, you're, you're on the road and, mate, we'll be cheering flat out from the sidelines as we're cheering Coop's Clark Deering and we're cheering, you know, Nico LaRue and all sorts of guys at the moment that are, uh, are playing some amazing cricket and coming doing some amazing things. So, yeah, really, really hoping that you can uh, continue on that journey, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. But we're not finished yet because we have this thing on out on the paddock that we call the uh, the power surge. Um, you know, six random questions, mate. Yeah, I can see you're sweating bullets already on this one because yeah. <laughs> uh, this uh, this will really test you out. Now, uh, I'm going to kick off with uh, delivery number one in the power surge. So for once, you're, yeah, you're up the batter's end, mate, and me and Coops, are, uh, we're, we're coming in from only five minutes off the back of the, the boundary, going to send a few <laughs> down at you. Now, the first question I've got, I've got three questions and Coop's got three. I'm going to kick off. Now, these aren't from me. These are from uh, I went to the well. Um, in a previous episode, it was actually Coop's. I got uh, Justin, Justo as you called him, uh, you know, famous for uh, coming out and uh, giving West Pilbara a nice hat trick and a yeah, bit of celebration. The yeah, the toasty sandwich. Yeah, I, you called him out. That's what he's known at at Leshnow. I said to him the other day, I said, you know, my favourite podcast, I, I don't know if you guys listen to it, but obviously, Obviously, one of the biggest podcasts in Australia right now, the Howie Games. You know, they've got the, yeah, the penguin, yeah. the penguin, and the you know, the big pickle. You know, I said to Justin, you know, you could be the toasty sandwich on uh, out on the paddock, <laughs> and he looked at me, and went, "Don't even go there." <laughs> not not happy at all about that prospect. But anyway, he's not here right now, so the toasty's come up with the the first question for you on uh, on the power surge. So he's gone with, um, "What's the fastest you've been clicked at so far?" Um, I'm going to put it out there. This is speculative because we had two guns, one that was behind me that read 127, which I can almost guarantee is completely untrue, <laughs> um, and one facing the other way. And it was that uh, the third ODI against England, I was bowling to Matt Hurst, who was the short leg the whole time I was batting in the first four day. Um <laughs> And there was a fair bit said, actually. I think he danced me a couple of balls before and put me through mid-wicket. Um, and I was bowling downwind, new, well, relatively new rock. Um, and, yeah, there was a, a few words I probably can't repeat again uh, said, and I just decided just to bounce him as as quick as I could. Um, and, yeah, the one behind me said 127, um, but the one facing the other way said 144. And wow. it hit the grip of his bat in between his hands and went over the keeper for six and volleyed the sight screen. So 
I think that's pro- that's probably the quickest ball I've ever bowled. Mate, I'm going with the camera behind was facing yeah, the wrong so am I. was Absolutely. facing the wrong way and was actually clocked some bloke going past in a Commodore. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's unreal. That is brilliant. One forty four. Okay, over to you, Coops. Yeah. So the second ball of the over. Um, what's the best ground you've played at? So he would have played a few grounds. Yeah, the best ground I've played at. Um, it's pretty hard to go past. The Wacker, I think, um, as a kid, I unfortunately never got to really watch any. I definitely didn't watch any international cricket. Um, I watched one domestic game there before I I played there, so I didn't get much of it really. Uh, I watched Greeny belt the sackers around for 140 um, off 100 pellets once. That was my introduction to the Wacker. Um, but yeah, I mean, when the the printable sand was still up because it's under Renos at the moment. Um, like, yeah, it was amazing. The scenes were, were great, I think. But aside from that, Lilac's pretty nice. Um, and oddly, actually, up home, Windy Ridge, the, the oval in Dampier, <laughs> even when it's a swamp and it's a hard wicket, it is so beautiful. It's on the beach. There's palm trees everywhere. The lights come out. It's really, really nice. And it's home for me as well. So that plays a big part. How good, mate. How good. Got me dreaming of the West Indies now. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that sounds really good. All right, well, we're back to the Toasty now. Uh, the Toasty's gone with what's your greatest sporting achievement outside of cricket? Wow. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I bring it up a lot because I spend a fair bit of time with, with Marley Beardman now, um, another country boy. Obviously, he's yeah. been mentioned a few times as well here. Absolute gun, yeah. Absolute, yeah, definitely. Um me and Marley were fortunate enough to – we won two footy flags under 14s and under 16s, I think, or maybe under 13s and 15s, under his dad, Quinn Beardman, um, for the, the mighty Dampier Sharks up home. Um, I think footy at that age, especially up home, was so bad. I think one of them we won 110 to 30 maybe in a grand final. <laughs> um, but that's, that's still pretty special. I always loved footy growing up, so – definitely that one um and yeah i think that'd probably be it i reckon i reckon you'd take that any day of the week um pretty handy footballers out your way just quietly as well <laughs> so uh yeah to take that that yeah we'll go with that one over to you coots for ball number what are we up to the fourth ball fourth ball over yeah yep. so this might take your mind back to grammar days but who's the hardest that you've bowled to <laughs> um, I've played international cricket and cricket at a high level. I'd have to say probably that um, that Cooper Clark Deering, Maris, <laughs> I think he, he goes all right. Um, nah, well, oh, that's a really tough question. Honestly, on his day, Corey Wosley, um, you just can't do anything. I think aside from that, uh, in a game I bowled to to John O'Wells this year in first grade. Um, before I think. Had him, oh, we had two fall short, about a metre short um, when he was on 15 in the semi-final of a, the two-day up at Lilac Hill. Um, he offered us two chances and they were those two, two balls in a row, um, and then went on to make 160 and won, yeah, pretty much 160 and won the game off his own back for the most part. I think that's some of the most outrageous batting I've ever seen. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, probably... Probably that that innings alone from from John O'Wells was pretty special. All right, last one from 
from the Toasty. The worst bit about him being the Toasties, he now goes as Toasty Junior and at the club they call me Toasty <laughs> Senior, so I'm not real happy about that. But anyway, uh, the last one from, we'll go with Justo. Uh, what music have you got on repeat lately? Wow, that's a great question. Um I'm a, I'm a bit weird with my music, actually. Um, go through phases. So there's always the – I'm a bit of a bit of an indie boy. There's always the um, – Matt Corby's one of my favourites, Spacey Jane, um, Skeggs, Shagrock. But I think at the moment I've been smashing Mac DeMarco. Um, he's one of my all-time favourites. I've been winding it back a bit, actually, to, to some old Aussie rock, Midnight Oil and – Cold chisel. Oh, now you're going. Good stuff. Now you're going, mate. Yeah. yeah. You were talking a completely different language a minute ago, but now you're into it. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Banged a few of those out in change rooms over the journey at Country Week. So, yeah, exactly. yeah there you go. Good stuff. All right. Over to Coots for the, the sixth delivery. I reckon he's uh, he's 41, not out at the moment. He's looking to bring up 50. <laughs> yeah. So, for the last ball, you're over. As a fast bowler, I think we know the answer here. But what's your favourite mode of dismissal? Um, yeah, taking a pole out of the ground is good fun, um, especially up home because we have the the poles are like the wickets are held down in sand. So you hit the middle of them and it just cartwheels everywhere. It's cheating. It doesn't count, but it's good fun. <laughs> um, aside from that, setting a trap, um, like if the, the ball's reversing, like just firing them out and firing a big innie through the gate um, or – the just bowl three overs of, of full balls until the batsman's pretty sad on the front foot and put three men out and just bump them for the next over and a half until they go out. One's also good fun. No, it's good, mate. Well, I'm just laughing here because I think somebody's just turned the lights out on Coop. So, yeah, he's gone a bit dark there. But anyway, lucky you know, the listeners can't see that. And and I'll just call it out as well. I've got a few blokes I reckon would be having a giggle right now, me saying you're about to bring up 50 with one ball to go and you're on 41. So I didn't do the math too well there for a guy who's in, book, who's in bookkeeping just quietly as well. So, yeah, there you, <laughs> you don't want me doing your books. Uh <laughs> Mate, that, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, we we sadly have to bring this to an end. Uh, all good good things come to an end, as they they used to say. Anyway, um, look, mate, love to have you uh, have the the last word. Although I'll give Coops a chance to jump in as well. From my point of view, certainly in the role that I have in WA Country Cricket, we are excessively proud of you, Josh, and what you've done. Not only proud of what you're achieving, mate, but the way you're going about it. Just even the way you've spoken in the, in this interview, mate, calls out your character. And um, and we didn't probably mention it enough, but Marley is obviously also you know going pretty well himself. And and there's quite a number of guys in WA country cricket around your age that are uh, you know they've still got plenty to, to to hang their hopes on and their dreams, as you mentioned. And you're you're certainly uh, an inspiration to to all of those guys. Oh, thank you very much, Robin and Coops as well. Cheers for that. No worries. We'll give give Coops the last chance. We've uh, Coops has uh, been chucked into the dark there, but uh, I'll give you the last <laughs> word, mate. Yeah, no. Cheers for um, coming on, Josh. And it was thanks, Rob, as well for having me to co-host this one. And hopefully, in a few years' time, we can see uh, taking a fiver against the real England in a few years to come. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, cheers, Coops. Yeah, good on you, lads. Well, I called it at the start. What an absolute ripping episode. Thanks, Josh. Everyone in WA Country Cricket is absolutely cheering you on right now and we can't wait to see what unfolds next for you and your cricket career. 
cheers also to my wingman in this episode, Cooper Clark Deering. I'm pretty certain we'll do this again soon, Coops. You are an absolute pro at this already, mate. And thank you to you. This podcast simply doesn't happen without you. My name is Rob Marshall, and we will keep saying it, long live WA Country Cricket. <laughs>